Good morning to you. Oh, the lyrics of that song. Um, I always know what I need to know when I need to know it. And I'm not sure I know what to say this morning. I've been thinking about it. You know, what do I say this morning on the launch, as we heard Chandra say, of our Giving Intention program, which if you're a visitor is something we do every year round about this time when we think about what our center has meant to us and what we've accomplished, and it's a time where we try to get excited about where we're going in 2024 and how we can count on each other to support it. But in reality, this is a very difficult, challenging time to be thinking about celebrations and giving intentions, considering the newest war in our world between Israel and Palestine. It's a hard time. And I'm thinking about our assigned topic for today, Shaking up our worldview. It's relevant, you know. And I've been thinking about the past several years of our Giving Intention program, how it comes around every year in October, and it's been shaken up and overshadowed and interrupted for years, year after year after year. You may recall several years ago we had a fire, two. And one of them started on the first day of our giving intention program. What were we going to do? Say to people, how much would you like to give when they were being evacuated from their homes? You know, and still we prevailed. Still we said, yes, we want to support our center. It's that important to us. And then we had a pandemic. And everything went online and the center closed and we had to pivot and change and giving intention went online and still we prevailed. Still we said, yes, this place is important to us. We want to sustain it. Oh, and the people who sustained it, they wrote to us during the pandemic. They wrote snail mail and email letters of encouragement and appreciation so that they maintained that heart connection to the center. And then war, you know, in Ukraine. And now today we face another dark time in our world. And yet we keep on going, supporting each other in our center because it's that important for us to have a place, a spiritual community where we can be and restore and regroup. It's important to us to keep our center functioning. Probably for you, like for me, because it, how it helps me in challenging times to be able to breathe and get up and keep going. I was driving to work the other day and I was listening to a radio show and the announcer was introducing the next segment coming up and he said, you know, it feels odd to be presenting something as light as this cooking show that's coming up. It seems, you know, when the world is facing the horror of war that this seems out of sorts. But then he remembered something that his grandmother said to him. She said during a difficult time, you still have to eat. And that phrase jolted me back into real time. And it reminded me of you and this community and how it feeds me and feeds us so that I can be in this world. And how we have to keep on cooking 
I don't know about you, but these videos that we've been watching about what does the center mean to me most recently about Olivia, they're going right into my heart and they're reminding me of how much I value this center and how much I want it to be here for us and for me and for future generations. I want it to continue to be a place that both comforts and challenges me at times when the world is incomprehensible. And do you know that next year is our 70th anniversary? Yeah. And I want it to be here for another 70 years. And so that means to me that I have to then be for it now, here, present. I have to keep on cooking. Especially now when there's a lot going on in this world that is demanding my time and my attention and whittling away at my emotional core. Now, as I read about the war between Israel and Palestine, I I got to thinking about all the people suffering and the loss of life. And I got to thinking about our Jewish friends at the congregation Shomrei Torah who celebrated their high holy days right here in our building, right here, and, and the pain they might be going through. And although I don't have any Palestinian friends, I imagine the same is true for them too. And I've been speaking to people in our community and some neither have Jewish connections or Palestinian connections and yet they're also struggling deeply with the loss of life. And it's a strange and helpless feeling to be touched by so much loss while at the same time being so far away from it. It's a strange feeling to feel the deep, fracture of the conflict without really understanding the depths of the cultural and historic layers beneath it. Harvard physician Paul Farmer once said, the idea that some lives matter less is the root of all that is wrong with the world. Oh, that statement hit home. I can see it, how the atrocities that keep unfolding in the world can be fueled by this deeply ingrained belief that places one life higher in value over another. And these are ideas that have persisted throughout history, and it can leave many of us feeling helpless despair. I remember feeling despair and helpless when I was sitting on a Zoom conference call with our Center for Spiritual Living community in Kiev, Ukraine. It was during the bombing of their city. And there we were praying for peace. And as we were praying, we could hear the sirens in the background. And our friends in Kiev had to turn their lights off in their apartments. Their faces were just illuminated by the lights coming off their smart devices and screens because if they turned the lights on, it would make them an easy target. And as we prayed, I remember wondering and asking myself, is it enough? Is it making any difference? I felt so hopeless, helpless. 
And yet, what I remember more than my feeling of helplessness were the words spoken by one of the Ukrainians translated through an interpreter. She thanked me for being on the call, and she told me and the others how important it was to her, how important it was to the community in Kiev that we showed up for the call. And how that gave them courage. And it was hard for me to imagine that it could be enough. Her words stayed with me and have reminded me ever since never to diminish any small thing given in love. Any small thing given that I can. And it's also helped me. It was as I remember and take in her, her words of gratitude. It's helped me to keep on giving what I can to a world that needs a lot. Oh, that's a good message. Keep on giving. Keep on going. Keep on cooking. And not only does it benefit a person by keeping them in the circulation of life, and that's vital, also, for me, it's a reminder to show up when it's hard to do so, when there's no clear sign of what I'm giving is valuable. So I want to take a moment to acknowledge those people who helped open this center back up after the pandemic closed it down. We lost contact with so many people, so many volunteers. And at first, uh, it, it was the board of trustees and a small group of volunteers that got together week after week after week. And they faced all the changing county health regulations and all of the different mask mandates. And they stuck together and they pivoted when necessary. They innovated and learned new techniques and they kept on service, serving. And they didn't quit, probably even beyond the time when they wanted to. When fatigue set in, they kept on cooking. And so if you were a part of that, Thank you. Thank you for keep on keeping on until we could show up. Now that kind of self-givingness gives me hope for the world. It, it, it reminds me that I may not be able to meet all of the world's needs or solve all of the world's problems, but when I stop giving what I have to give, I'm not doing anybody a favor. When I retreat, and contract and withhold. That's why I still get excited about our giving intention season, no matter what the world is doing, because I've learned I can hold both the pain of the present moment and also hope for the future. I can hold it both. So I'm thinking about our nonprofit program and how important it is to me, how important it is to us, and how these organizations that we partner with are doing work in the world that needs to get done. They keep on cooking while the world does what it does.
Now, each year, if you're a visitor for the first time, we partner with 12 nonprofit organizations that are doing work in the world that raises humanity to its spiritual magnificence. Now, these organizations are nominated by you, members and friends of the community, and then they are vetted by our giving intention team who are here today, and then we select 12. And these are the 12 that we have selected from your nominations. Now, when I read this list, even when I'm just reading it to myself, I am filled with gratitude and hope for humanity that there are so many people out there who want to help the world be a kinder place despite tremendous setbacks. Here they are. Number one, big brothers and big sisters of the Bay Area, creating and supporting one-to-one mentoring relationships that ignite the power and promise of youth. Number two, Catholic Charities Family Support Center, serving and advocating for vulnerable people of all cultures and beliefs with an emphasis on housing solutions, immigrant legal services, health and wellness, senior programs, and disaster recovery. Number three, Common Grounds Society, serving families who have loved ones with any sort of unique need, while also educating our community on how to be inclusive. Number four, developing communities, working with individuals and organizations in Nicaragua to help the people there improve their economic situation, both in the community and in their individual lives. Number five, emergency prep help for seniors, preparing our seniors for natural disasters and other emergencies. Number six, Community Child Care Council, the four C's, providing access to quality child care and early education in Sonoma County through advocacy, direct service, and empowerment. Number seven, our village closet, committed to improving outcomes and building resiliency for youth and caregivers affected by the foster kinship care in Sonoma County by providing relevant ongoing no-cost supplies and support. Number eight, Pact Adoption Alliance, serving adopted children of color so that every child gets to feel wanted, honored, and loved, and as a cherished member of their communities, and with proud connection to their cultural heritage. Nine, School on Wheels, providing free tutoring and mentoring to children from kindergarten through 12th grade who are living in shelters or motels or in vehicles or in group homes or on the streets. Number 10, the living room, serving women and their children who are at risk for becoming homeless or who are experiencing homelessness in our county. Number 11, TLC Child and Family Services, serving vulnerable families during their greatest time of need by providing foster care, adoption services, non-public high school, short-term residential treatments, and young adult housing. Number 12, the last one, Vital Immigrant Defense and Advocacy Services, providing competent and compassionate legal immigration advocacy in the North Bay and beyond. And those are the 12 nonprofits that you have nominated and we have selected.
Our nonprofit program means so much to me because it gives us direct ways to support a work that is happening on the world beyond what is happening in our center. And the way I see it is that through my contribution to the center, I can feel like I am some small part of this work going on that is maintaining humanity in the face of despair. And the program helps me face the harsh reality that there is still work to do in the world. There is cooking that needs to be done. And I can, we can support the people doing it. And I also value the center that, in that it helps me investigate the, the root, the mental root and the emotional root that sets us up as a species to be in conflict with each other. That's one of the things we're going to be looking at this afternoon in the workshop that we're having here about being radically welcoming. We're going to be look at one of the causes of conflict. We're going to be looking at the human inclination to exclude and to separate. And it's not something we necessarily do on purpose or consciously. And yet, through our preferences and our worldview and what we consider to be normal, we may be setting up a world in which differences are feared and rejected. So we're going to be looking at this afternoon. Oh, and what I love about our center is we don't mind getting into that, digging into it. I also love that this center encourages me and you to keep holding on to a flicker of hope. Hope that as we embrace and look inward to those inner destructive games of power over people and dissolve them, we can start to unfold a more meaningful way of life. Now, I said hope, and our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, he would likely say, hope is good, but it's not enough. Don't settle for it. In the Science of Mind textbook that we use in our classes, he says, we must not be lukewarm in our conviction. We must know that we know. Oh, wow, I'm thinking about the, only, the opening song. I always know what I need to know. Well, in reality, sometimes, in times of uncertainty, I am lukewarm. And I'm not sure what I know. And so I try to pause and take a breath, just like we are taught here at the center. And to turn to the self within the source of compassion and calm and creativity and to ask for guidance. And so I turn to nature and to creativity and to community because these are the sanctuaries where my soul remembers its source. And of the three, nature, creativity, and community, community is the one that I love the best being part of you. Here is something that I am not lukewarm about. This is something that I know. Loving kindness is important. And it may very well be the most challenging concept to wrap my head around 
during times such as these. And I can't always make it there by my little self. But this community, it offers to me and to you and to us a place where we can take a collective breath and regroup and find the strength to keep on moving forward. Here is another thing I am sure of. I am sure that we need each other to heal and to find our courage so that we can keep on working towards that vision of a world in which every single life matters. And it is for that reason that I invite you, whether you are a member or a friend or a guest, to think about what the center means to you and to participate by completing a giving intention form Today, you can pick one up or you may have received one. It's quite simple. It looks like this. Now, a giving intention form, we're not asking for any money today. We're asking what can you be counted on for next year. Please tell us what you can be counted on for in 2024. And I'll tell you this. Every person here or online matters We need everyone in this community in order to make this work. Whether it's $1 a week or $1,000 a week, please do not underestimate the power of your participation. I know that when we pool our love and our resources and our energy and declare it, we multiply our capacity to affect change in the world and to make this world a gentler, more compassionate place. So I invite you today to take a stand and say, yes, I'm in. Yes, I want to join or reaffirm my support of this collective that holds fast to the idea that even in the midst of changes and chaos, there remains a self within each one of us that contains the knowledge for how to live more peacefully. Your center is committed to keeping on cooking. And we need to hear from you, every one of you, to know whether or not we're going in the right direction. Your participation makes a difference. Not only in your life, but in the world. I believe that. Going back to the Ernest Holmes quote, We must not be lukewarm in our conviction. We must know that we know. And so I'm getting back to my conviction just being here with you, getting clearer on what it is that I know. I know right now today that your love and your compassion and your generosity, I know that they contribute to this idea we have of raising humanity collectively to its spiritual magnificence. I'm certain of that, and I'm grateful for it. And for our practice, our spiritual practice today, I'm going to invite you to join in prayer along with spiritual communities all over the planet centered on the idea of peace. And so let us have a spiritual mind treatment in the tradition of our five-step affirmative prayer. I invite you to breathe in. And as you exhale, if it feels comfortable, let your eyes close. 
And as you hear these words, let them be as if they are your own or make adjustments to them to words more suitable in your own awareness. There is one divine comforter we heard in the opening prayer. It is the ultimate source of peace and love. It pervades all of existence. This divine presence is the foundation upon which everything stands and is is that from which compassion and wisdom and justice comes. I am an expression of this divine comforter, one with it. It within me expresses itself as a presence of connection and compassion in the world. And as I align and realign my thoughts and intention with this power, I become a clearer vessel, a more finely tuned channel for its expression in the world. And so I realize today that my consciousness contains the place of love for the world that I've always wanted to be. And so I make space in my consciousness to hold the well-being of all those who are affected by conflict anywhere. In my heart, I embrace those who suffer, while at the same time I let my mind stay strongly centered on compassion and caring. And I declare my love and support for those who are tirelessly working helping those who are working toward a justice and peace for the world. In my mind, I see their work being fueled from the great comforter within. And so I declare my agreement with their commitment. I know that this presence, the divine comforter, is beyond all names, beyond all traditions, and exists as a unifying power that transcends differences, touching the hearts of all people who practice or who don't practice. Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, atheist, agnostic, whatever. In my heart, I open myself to the sense of belonging to a greater family of people who live. As I speak these words, I realize they come from that self within, and I'm deeply thankful for the awareness of this presence within me, just as I am grateful for the courage of those who make peace and for the commitment of those who help. And I release this word of prayer into the divine action we call the spiritual law, meaning that part of creation that responds to that which is prayed with sincerity and love. I do so with the sense that something is already changing within and around me. And to seal this prayer, then, I invite you to say with me, and so it is.